Hello, I'm Tara. And I'm Austin. And we are a married couple who are embarking on the epic journey of watching all of the Hallmark Channel Christmas movies this year. Um, I'm super excited because this has been a pastime of mine for many years, and I have finally convinced Tara to join me on this journey through the magical snarkiness of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the only way he could get me into doing this is to say that we could do something with all of this time spent watching, especially because, please be noted, that it is only mid-November when we are starting this. It is definitely not time for Christmas yet. But don't you feel already in the Christmas spirit? I do. I really, (laughs) it's like, oh, school's going to be out in a week and then we're going to be ready for the holidays. Because that's normally when I start watching Christmas movies. I have seen a few of these before. We'll watch them on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, but I have never watched or, you know, so many of them as we're going to (laughs) watch. So. Well, I am really excited that we get to take this journey and give a little bit of snark to our favorite Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, We're really excited that you'll be joining us uh, in learning the true meaning of Christmas, the value (laughs) of small towns, and just the joy that Christmas brings to all over and over and and over over again. (laughs) So we will be watching the movies as they come out. Um, We may have already missed a few. We know we're jumping in a little bit that there are already, as we learned when we came up with this idea, there are already other podcasts on the topic, but we hope to be able to add something a little different. We are a queer couple. We are not necessarily newlyweds, but we are in love. (laughs) So we are a married couple and we can bring our... No, we're not jaded on love. We very much still love each no, other. I love you a lot. <laughs> um, but of course, no one else's love can compare to ours. Not even Hallmark's. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's where we're coming from when we're starting this. It's, we wish to bring you as much joy as these movies bring us this holiday. So I think we should talk a little bit about, so when we watch a movie, we the first thing we do is we just read the, the movie title and the, like the one sentence synopsis mm-hmm. and then try and predict what this movie is going to be about. Right. And so today's movie that we are queuing up is The Mistletoe Secret. And all we know is that Arya mm-hmm. is going to save Christmas in, in Midway. Midway. <laughs> Right. That's all we know. So we're trying to go into this as blind as we can go. So my predictions for this movie, based just on that, are, you know, we have a name, Aria. That's a noun that also means, like, a song. So I think that this might have something to do with singing. She's a musician. Um, She's saving midway through song, the power of music. Ah, Christmas. (laughs) This is not Ariel. (laughs) But it was the power of song. (laughs) Um, And I think also, I know some of these movies are about people going back to their town, going home for Christmas. I think she lives in Midway. I think this is, if she's saving it, she already lives there. This is a good, like, middle to small town size place. This isn't a big city. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree that she lives in Midway. Otherwise, how would she save it? Right. And when you try to save Christmas, you usually have to have a big climactic event around which that occurs. And the perfect time for that to happen is Christmas Eve. So I think there will be some sort of big event on Christmas Eve. I definitely think... singing is involved. Yeah, I definitely think that the timeline of this movie is like leading up to Christmas. 
and then the saving comes like the night before Christmas. Right. Um, part of the title, like part of the synopsis, makes me think like, okay, saves Christmas in Midway, and so immediately I think of like a town who is in economic peril that business isn't as booming as it needs to be, and so it's really important that something is infused to drive business back up. And mm-hmm. so whether it's like the big store of the town is shutting down, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's about like a stranger mm-hmm. coming from outside the town because we have this mistletoe secret. Right. So there's a secret identity maybe of a, a person. with a secret. Mm-hmm. Pop star. <gasps> oh, yeah. If it's a pop star, then she doesn't know that they're a pop star and they're like they're there incognito or something. Right. Because that's the secret that they right, and maybe they're the one giving the Christmas concert. So what then? What does mistletoe do with anything? Like, uh, are they just gonna make out on the, at the end? <laughs> the, at the end, there will be a scene where they the final kiss will be under. There'll be like a mistletoe motif. Yeah, the thing. Okay, yeah. I love it. Um, and then the, you know you have to have that a hundred percent chance that the final scene will involve a kiss under the mistletoe. Um, I also think that. Aria, as all small town heroines um, are, she is unmarried. I don't know. Sometimes they have a boyfriend when they start the movie. Yeah. I think that she she oh, may yeah. or may not have a boyfriend, I, but I don't think she will. I don't think she will either. Um, and she because she has to be available, but she will be beloved by all. She will walk down the street and say, "Hey, Mr. Smith, how are your kids doing? Oh, Doctor Jones, I saw your wife over at the store today." Uh, she said she's doing well, you know, and they all are just like, oh, we just love that beautiful woman and we want her to find she, love. She is definitely going to be the center of Midway in some way. Like she is going to be an important vital role, like person right. in that community. Right. I agree. Because well, she's a pop star or a singer or a, I don't know. Any other final predictions before we... Not really. I think I'm ready <laughs> to see if any of mine come into fruition so let's let's roll let's the cue tape. it up <laughs> two hours later and we are back we have just watched this two-hour romp through the town of midway um what did you think you know i'm excited to tell you all how i felt about this because it really lives up to our podcast <laughs> name <good> first <laughs> podcast Absolutely. Um, So I think the best thing to do is maybe try and do like a quick rundown of what happens. And then we can talk about whether our predictions matched up. Mm -hmm. Seem like a good plan. All right, Tara, you're up to try and give a brief overview of the mistletoe secret. You've dubbed me to do this for the first time. Okay. Um, We are not known for our brevity. So we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> if this just, you know, becomes a two-hour-long summary of the movie. All right, so our movie takes place in Midway, Utah. Aria is the owner-operator um, of the Mistletoe Diner, which was owned by her mother before her death, and her father still works there. She wants to save Midway in the sense that there's a ski lodge that's been taking all of the money, um, all the business. And so Sterling Masters, a travel blogger, writer, personality, has put Midway on the top three contenders for this year's like Christmas town of the year. And she is determined that when Sterling Masters comes there, she is going to make him see that they do Christmas better than anybody else. 
The problem is Sterling Masters is the face of Sterling Masters, but his friend Alex is actually the writing, is the words of Sterling Masters. So Alex is actually the one that shows up to this town and he and Arya meet. They sort of have some banter at first, but then they start to fall for each other until Sterling shows up. And then he also starts to fall for Arya until he reveals that he is not actually the words. He is only the face. And Arya recognizes that her true love is for Alex because he represents everything that she fell in love with, with the Sterling Masters personality. They kiss. Christmas is saved. Midway is on the map. And they all lived happily ever after. I just have to say that is the most succinct <laughs> and best summary I've ever heard you give about one of these movies. I didn't practice it with 50 <laughs> other takes of this at all. <laughs> no, our previous recording did not completely delete on us at all. Absolutely not. I've never not. done this before. <laughs> um, okay, so did we get it right? Was our prediction or our set of predictions correct? You know, I think we definitely hit on some major themes that were evident in the actual movie. You know, Arya, I think, is a nod to her American idleness. <laughs> yes, because it is Kelly Pickler that is playing Arya. Which I did movie. not know who that was. I have many thoughts on Kelly Pickler, but I will hold those for later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here you go. Here, here's a little zipper. Because I can tell you're ready to bust out with <laughs> yeah, it right yeah. now. Um, so I think we got a nod to what Aria was in reference, which is like music. And uh, we did get the fact that Midway is suffering from kind of like an economic depression because we've got these ski lodge competitors and they really need something to drive up the business. Um, we did get that there's like a secret, like, while it wasn't a pop star, it was definitely like a personality that's well known and influence a travel a modern day rick steves mm -hmm. like a younger uh, more handsome more handsome and <laughs> captures the hearts of young americans all over women <laughs> women and maybe some men he's he's a good looking guy um and so i do think we got that right and mistletoe was definitely present everything was named mistletoe all over the dang place there's a mistletoe ornament the mistletoe diner and then we of course got our mistletoe kiss at the end under the mistletoe ornament so my hundred percent was a hundred percent a hundred she is a hundred percent for a hundred percent y'all i cannot believe it <laughs> All right, and then uh, she is beloved within the town. Oh, that's right. She is president of the Christmas she Council. President of the council that meets at her diner has one person of color on the committee. So we make Craig. Sure. Yep, he's a repairman, I think. And then Catherine. I don't even know the names. I called her. I called her a redhead lady because I didn't know what her name she was. She was running in this one scene. The woman cannot. She run. had like hands waving above her head, like ah, I'm a crazy old woman Sorry. with red hair. She also was Mrs. Claus at one point. Oh. <laughs> oh, and Arya's dad is Patrick Duffy. That's right. So I don't know what his name was. I just called him Patrick Duffy in all of my notes. Right. It's just Patrick Duffy and Kelly Pickler. You know. you know, and seeing Patrick Duffy in this movie, I was thinking this is going to be, this is going to be a contender of one of my favorite Hallmark Christmas movies. But I got to tell you, that is not what happened because of Kelly Pickler. Yes, which we will get to in a minute. <laughs> um, any other predictions that we had? I had that she lives in the town. She definitely lived in the town. Um, major event on Christmas Eve. 
they didn't necessarily not really no they had major but they had a series of events leading up so we were right about it leading up like a passport that they get stamped there were different events there was an ugly sweater contest and a scavenger hunt a tree lighting as always always that aria saved because the redheaded lady fumbled her words right so but no like you know christmas eve event. so for the most part we got it. I mean, Arya sang some, but she, that wasn't yeah. the theme. I didn't of the movie. see that it would be like a travel blog because I didn't realize Midway was going to be a destination place right. for like skiing. But now that makes a lot of sense. Right. So, all right. So, did the title work? We we call this movie the Mistletoe Secret or a Mistletoe Secret. Yeah, a big pet peeve of mine is when like a really good Christmas movie name gets taken by a really bad Christmas movie because it can't be used again. Yeah, and there's just such a limited number of ways that you can put Christmas words together to make a title. It's only so many Christmas songs and Christmas phrases and Christmas objects. Yeah. So do we feel like this movie was deserving of the mistletoe? No, no. I do not. I do not. I feel like while they did have mistletoe woven throughout a lot of things, like Mistletoe Diner... All of, like, the, the mistletoe, mistletoe man and the, the ornament. Mistletoe. Oh, yeah, the mistletoe man. So there's this whole thing. Like, the perfect man for her is known as the mistletoe man, which honestly just sounds like Slender Man, which is just, like, a murdering, like, <laughs> mythic like a, creature. Yeah. And, yeah, I just, I did not enjoy, like, that they were forcing mistletoe. It didn't feel... Like this little story, this yeah, little fairy tale. It didn't feel connected to the core of the story at all. So I felt like the mistletoe secret wasn't actually as good. Like, it just didn't align. The mistletoe felt like an afterthought. Yeah. The secret part, absolutely. Absolutely. Because Alex is the writer and he's keeping secret that he, he calls it ghost writing. For Sterling Masters. And so that element was definitely present. Uh, but at the same time, I don't feel like there's a lot of movies jockeying for this particular title. So it's not taken like a primo. Yeah. Like, oh, that's really clever. So in that sense, it's okay. But it's also somewhat forgettable. Yeah, I would say I'm not upset that this title's gone. But I don't think that this movie deserved that title. <laughs> Can we talk about Kelly Pickler then? Because she I know you could you can unzip her now because I know you have been waiting to talk (laughs) about her. Okay, so this movie is starring Kelly Pickler. She was on American Idol in two thousand five, I believe. That was like the one season I watched back in the day. And she didn't win. She wasn't even like top two or three. There's no way her voice was not good enough. she, She was actually a fairly good singer. Um, but she, and she's made some country albums and things and she's apparently done some acting and she was Mm. not good. And Mm -mm. so I have two layers of feelings about Kelly Pickler. I hope one of them is how bad of an actress she is. Okay. So yes, there is the layer of, in this movie, her acting is horrible. Like, why are they still letting this woman make movies? Because I learned that this is not the first movie that what? she's been in. She's right. been in more movies than <laughs> right. this? And this may not be the last either, because for some reason they think that we want this Southern woman to be our icon for... I mean, you know how the the actresses that are oh. in these Hallmark movies... I, mean, it's like, I, I can appreciate... It's like, we're from North Carolina. I can appreciate, like, the Western North Carolina accent. But what I cannot appreciate is when it seems like they could have hired a robot to, like, provide more cadence and, like, levels 
in terms of interpreting lines. It was like a cold, dried read from a person who has never had to, like, communicate words to people in her right. life. Very robotic, no intonation, um, no feeling at all. Not a lot of facial expressions either. And there was one scene which kind of encapsulated it for me where she was waitressing at her diner and she's walking around and she's wearing these like stacked heel shoes. So maybe it was that she didn't know how to walk in them, but she's walking like a robot. Like her hands are kind of by her sides and she's just like must walk from point A to point B. And she like kind of makes a dip with her head towards the other table and then keeps walking. To me, she looked like a sim. She looks like when the Sims like are and going even... and then they have to they have to do a turn on their foot to like go to their next location because they've been queued up to do a different task. And even like, Sims that's what she like. would have like more interesting vocal qualities than she did in <laughs> right. this movie. It was it was distracting the level of poor acting. Right. Like, I will say that like the male lead Alex mm-hmm. was really a redeeming actor in this. I thought he did a great job and he helped me feel the chemistry. Even though every time she opened her mouth, I was just like, why did they let you do this movie? So the other layer with Kelly Pickler is that I actually know people who know Kelly Pickler. Aren't you a celebrity? (laughs) So an old roommate of mine knew her, or at least knew people who knew her from high school. She's from Albemarle, North Carolina, which is kind of between Charlotte and the mountains in that area. And then I have another friend that actually is the same age as her and went to high school with her in her small town. And neither of them have very nice things Mm. to say about Kelly Pickler as a person. And I also do have some beef with people who, you know, they live in, because I have at least two other people that I know that have done this same thing where they've been from a small town, small North Carolina town, go make it big, and they run off to Hollywood. They never come back. But they sure do play up the whole, I'm from a small town, isn't this like the best way of life? Even though they're living in LA, they're living in Nashville. Yeah. So that's exactly what this character was doing, was like, I, my small town is is the only place for She's me. She's just a hypocrite. And it's like, oh, Kelly Pickler, I know that is not true about you as an actress, and that's what you're selling to America right now. She's a hypocrite, so. that's all we can say. Because uh, I... I didn't know that she was famous. <laughs> and I was like, why would they have picked her? So then when Tara explained that she was on American Idol, I was kind you of flabbergasted. never saw it. Yeah. I never did. And I'm, <laughs> I think I'm grateful for that. <laughs> All right. So in this movie, her acting is terrible. Not everybody else's acting is bad, though. No. The most, she's most really the only one. Pretty typical mm-hmm. Hallmark fair. Um, I do have to wonder why this woman is single. She she's very attractive. She's conventionally attractive. She's she's clearly I mean, not just like twenty one. You're young. beautiful, so please don't let me like. She's not my type. <laughs> <laughs> she she's. I mean, knowing that I know how old she is as a person, the actress. She's got to be in her thirties. Yeah. She's not just like oh, I just graduated. And they did, so they did talk about an ex yet. in New York at some point, but I agree. It was like. How does this person who is like very involved in the community seems like, to have a nice personality? There's yeah. nothing off-putting about her. She her lesson to learn is she's not a Scrooge. Yeah, you know, she's a good human, generous, loving, caring. But she's single. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense. Now I know that and now she has two men chasing after her. Like all of a sudden, two famous, wonderful city, attractive city men are pursuing her. And one's her mistletoe man. Wanted, but she can't, for the life of her, figure out which one it is. Even though, like, so there's 
so we learned through Patrick Duffy that um, Arya's mom came up with this like folk story or stole it from someone who knows if it was cultural appropriation or not. But <laughs> essentially that there was this young princess who wanted to find love and went to a wise sage. And the wise sage said, uh, your love will bring you the magical mistletoe, but only someone who is deserving and does a generous act will be able to get the magic mistletoe. Mm-hmm. And so there's a prince who, you know, the princess will think is the love interest, but it's actually a knight who will win her heart. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't realize that the man that she's going after is clearly the prince. She needs to be looking She's be looking for the knights. She's be looking what's around her. Yeah. So it's like, she dumb. She dumb. She dumb. <laughs> she just couldn't see the forest through the trees, even though she like lived by her mother's words. She made every pie her mom made. Oh, she made she every drink. to make some pies. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So 12 <laughs> minutes into this movie, I told Tara, I was like, so you know how there's Hallmark drinking games? Well, this one for this movie should just be, if they say the word pie, you should drink. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that into 12, 12 minutes Sometimes into the movie. Sometimes we're doing this on a school night, y'all. You would die. You would literally consume too much alcohol in the first 12 minutes because pie is talked about. I mean, I think the writers just like did like a find and search and just you inserted pie. you inflate your script to be two hours somehow. Just throw pie in there. It was intense. I was like, why? Is... And pie wasn't even, to me, all that important to the plot in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And she, they really hit it home in the beginning, like when she's talking about Sterling Masters. Think about if you were talking about a celebrity or somebody that you enjoyed their content, you would just talk about how much you love them, how charming they were, how good looking. No, she's like very specifically, I am in love with his words. He just has the best way with words. His words really know how to charm you. Like way to smack us over the head. Oh, no. with like You are not in love with Sterling. You're in love with his ghostwriter. Like that is where this is going. <laughs> and so we knew the conflict was going to be around like her not realizing who she was actually in love with the real Sterling masters or the actual Sterling masters. Mm-hmm. So Alex goes to scout out midway and um, Sterling had picked midway because it was a convenient uh, plane ride to the West coast for his production schedule. Cause they're in Utah instead of being in Tokyo and Austin, Texas. And so he like convinces Alex to go. Alex is super reluctant to go gets there and has to create a cover story as to why he's there. So he makes up this whole story that he's a mystery novel writer doing research and it gets questioned a lot. So he has to come up with like plot points on the the fly. Mistletoe. Mistletoe. It was like a jewelry thief (laughs) who steals the Christmas diamond and hides it. I mean, at some point I was like, are we just going to learn more about Alex's fake novel than we are about this real we movie. We actually think that would be a great <laughs> It's story. the sequel. It's the sequel. I hope it's the sequel. Midway Jewelry Thief. Because he, he's, now that he's been in Midway, not to jump to the end, but, you know, if he's going to stay there, this is what he's going to do now. <gasps> Spoiler alert, he gets the girl? Okay, yeah. <laughs> we just did I know. <laughs> um, can we talk about the nepotism in this town? Oh my gosh, yes. So the passport program, right? So yeah, all these little places you have to visit and then all the quaint little contests like the three-stage scavenger hunt that they did that was apparently a massive event but took all of two minutes to complete. So I'm not sure about that. But who wins them all? 
the president of the Christmas Council, <laughs> and the Christmas Council are the ones who design these passport programs. I do. And I guess it's not nepotism, but it's like clearly favoritism. I mean, she's super into Christmas, but what was it you said about um, if you work for NPR, you can't enter the contest? Yeah, like that's the one thing I hear. It's like because they talk about it when they do their drives all the time. Like, I wish I could go on this trip, but I work here. I'm not allowed to enter. Right. Like, that seems like people in the Christmas Council should bow out. She shouldn't even be able to enter. Yeah. Just win. She won the Christmas, ugly Christmas sweater decorating party at her own restaurant. Yeah. Corrupt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like. the only <laughs> Yeah. And then she won the scavenger hunt. Because she knew where everything was. Right. <laughs> Maybe she's even the one that <laughs> hit all the things. She probably hit all the things. And she's like, oh, I'm so fast. I found it. Meanwhile, all that other lady's like running with her arms up in the air screaming. Who's also on the Christmas council. It was just she was old was and couldn't run as fast. They, yeah, they make it out like, oh, this whole town has all these magical Christmas things. But it's really just the five people on the Christmas council <laughs> attending all of the events. Everybody else has work. I mean, in this passport program, they have like an actual like passport book. And if this town is not doing so hot economically, then don't print a passport book. Yeah. Like they clearly like there was like a like a whole thing where it's like you just get it for free. Have them buy it for a dollar to cover your printing mm-hmm. costs, y'all. That's why you aren't making money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they did make some money with their silent auction. That's true. <laughs> they had a ornament silent auction. <laughs> it was bid for the Parks and Rec department. Right. And by this point, Alex is already in love with her, kind of knows he's feeling feelings for her. Sterling definitely is trying to impress her. I don't I think he thinks he's in love with her. I don't think he's really yeah. in love with her. That was like zero to sixty creep level. It, it was weird. Kind of and I didn't even feel it. Yeah, the chemistry was not there. So Alex bids $500, and then he thinks that he's got this in the bag. So they're like, oh my gosh, this has been one with the biggest. This is such a big bid. Because Alex is looking for that magic mistletoe to give right. her. Right, and because he knows about mistletoe, right? He knows yeah, at this point, Patrick Duffy's told him about that folk story. And then Sterling goes over him and bids $1,000, so it's Sterling that's won. So someone paid $1,000 for a little, like, mistletoe Christmas ornament. It wasn't even that pretty. But I guess they kissed under it at the end. Yeah, I mean... It, I, <laughs> Not Sterling, because he no. gave it back to Alex, and then Alex I mean, so Sterling her. was, like, really committed of, like, I'm going to stay here for Arya. I don't want to leave. I don't care about like, this product. where did that come from? I mean, it was, like, a false conflict. But what I found interesting was, like, once, like, the next day... Like, okay, so it was when she figured out that Alex was actually the ghostwriter, because they mm-hmm. went out to dinner, and Sterling... Is Sterling not... admitted it to her, right? He's yeah, the one that and she it. well, she said, "Wait a second, you're not it. It was Alex all along." And he explained it because she was. He was saying like, "Oh, I didn't know about this." She's like, "Well, you just wrote about it, so how do you not know about it?" And so, and He's then like, it, "Oh, you got me." Yeah, and so he not just me. like flat out admitted it, and she was like, "Ugh, I've been a fool," and walks away. And I couldn't tell if she was mad because of how bad her acting is, and I didn't know whether she was gonna forgive Alex or what, but. When Sterling and Alex connected the next morning, it was like Sterling was like, sorry, bro. I didn't mean to. So it was like he was doing all these dick moves mm-hmm. of like outbidding his friend, all this stuff to impress a girl. And he's like, yeah, cool. It's all you. I'm sorry I screwed it up. Because he also, didn't actually really want her. He just... But at the same time, he also had been like a dick about like, I will only let you talk to the publisher if you get me close to this girl. No, you can't put your name on any of the stuff. People can't know that it's not you. It's an empire. And then the next morning, he's like, you know what? Write the story, put your name on it. Here's just, my like, publisher. Like it was mind, just like instantaneous. Dime, yeah. It was like a, it was just weak. Right. It was like Alex's dreams were all coming true right then and there. 
Well, and then in that same time period of the movie, the dad is trying to explain to Arya that he's learned that something is going on here and she's complaining about everything that's happened and the dad is trying to tell her like Alex knows Alex is your mistletoe man or whatever he's trying to tell her and she just keeps interrupting him saying that you know she isn't going to listen she's just going to keep talking and then she just walks away and to me that's where the movie kind of I mean I already knew the writing wasn't going to be top caliber but that's a totally false situation that never happens in real life where it's like the dad never got to say this is information Alex that is- you really need to know <laughs> like it's Sterling's not like, real oh no she walked away how yeah. am I going to let her know in my notes I was just like shut up Patrick Duffy is talking and then <laughs> I was like listen when Patrick Duffy <laughs> talks to you and then also I was like Patrick Duffy just say your words she's not actually talking that loudly just yell over her it's your daughter it's okay um, and then also at this moment we had our Balsam Hill commercial um, this whole movie was sponsored by Balsam Hill. We there had so many Balsam Christmas Hill Christmas tree conversations about everywhere. Balsam Hill. We had a Balsam Hill box with the ornaments in it, a commercial. So yeah. we are not sponsored by Balsam Hill. We, yeah. <laughs> I, I bought mine on sale at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have Balsam Hill ornaments? No. Oh, we have a tree? A tree, yeah. Oh, I, I bought it like post-Christmas and it was like $10. <laughs> it was awesome. Okay, so we sponsored <laughs> ourselves into buying this product. Um that, that came out a lot. Um, so something else. So he, uh, we learn a little bit about Alex through like all of the passport activities they go to. Mm-hmm. And he talked about when he was younger, he always dreamt about going to Alaska for Christmas because he wanted to see the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where Alex and Arya really like do connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he wrote something about like, I, I found my northern lights in Midway, mm-hmm. and I do have to admit, I got a little bit of a chill. You got a little bit. Oh, I got, I got the chill. You found that Christmas I, magic. I found my Christmas <laughs> magic, Tara. Well, you know when I felt the Christmas magic was at the very end when they've come out of this tunnel of lights. She's like led him here with a passport thing or whatever, and she's there waiting for him because she does actually want to be with him, and she's gonna forgive him or whatever and they both turn around and they look to the stars and then a giant asteroid (laughs) (laughs) the worst cgi asteroid shooting star is it was flying across the screen i was terrified for them the way that like the stars were cgi we're like you know we're looking from behind them looking at the stars i knew that a shooting star was going to go by it was so big. It was like the more you know size. <laughs> like it was it like that well done. And I was just like, this is an extinction event. I didn't know that the mistletoe secret was that today's the last day they're going to live. <laughs> there are also two great quotes at the end as they're revealing their final feelings for each other. So. I hope that you and I have similar Did quotes. Did we write because, down the same thing? Um, my favorite quote, and I wrote it as the best line of the film, Oh, oh. was when Arya said to Alex in the little light tunnel, your writing opened my mind. But being with you opened my heart. You're worth the risk. I'm certain of it. Please stay at least until Christmas. At least until Christmas. Like what? Who knows what will become of our love. But by God, we will get through this holiday. I wrote down um, when he's telling her, you know, because you know, he's the big city guy. He didn't really buy into the small city thing or the small town thing. But meeting her has changed all of that. 
And he says, I've been to every big city in the world. None of them have inspired me like Midway. So we know where they're ending up. (laughs) Midway is home. Because one of the sentiments that came out in this movie was that home is not a place. It's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And then it was quickly clarified when he said, well, will you go to these other places? She said, no, Midway is my home. And he was like, but I thought it was a feeling. She said, sometimes it's both. (laughs) So this girl ain't moving. (laughs) So we have a couple of segments that we like to end our wrap ups with. Uh, one is, were there any Santa sightings or Christmas magic? And no, I mean, there's Christmas magic in every Hallmark right. movie. But Christmas the is deliberate, magic. The like, actual magic magic. And you know it's Christmas magic or Santa magic when you hear the, like, little wind chimes. <laughs> like, it's like a dream sequence, but it's a magic sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and while we didn't have any specific, like, Santa we did have Patrick Duffy magic. Mm-hmm. He did dress up as a Santa at one point, but it wasn't relevant to the magic afoot. So it was more like dad magic of mm-hmm. pushing his daughter with this stranger he didn't know at all. Some mad dad magic. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Duffy's looking old. He could be more and more Santa-y. He could. He looked real tired. <laughs> he looked real Poor tired. Man. That's why he's doing these movies. He's <laughs> not up for sitcoms anymore. Yeah. Um, we also like to talk about, will this love last? Arya and Alex, I predict you will be together forever. Aww. (laughs) I really believe it. I actually think, uh, while maybe not Kelly Pickler's rendition (laughs) of Arya, I think that the character character of Arya and the character of Alex are meant to be together and will be. Yeah. Under the stipulation that he is able to move from San Francisco to Midway, which he is in the course of three days and... God, he will never change his mind because there's nothing else playing on his emotions right now like the high of a holiday. I mean, if he can afford to live in San Francisco on whatever he makes on being a ghostwriting travel blog, he probably can afford to live in Midway. Who cares if Midway stays or fails? Like, he can, (laughs) she doesn't need, she can just open her restaurant out of love and not worry about profits because she's going to be fun. Yeah, he can always, like, get a job as being the Mistletoe Diner's, like, me- social media coordinator or something. No, he's going to write his book. He's got to he oh, right. become the, an author. The Midway Jewel Christmas Thief. Mystery <laughs> Christmas novel series that he writes from the diner while being fed pies. It's true. It's a dream. It's every every guy named Alex in this <laughs> plot's dream. Because everybody knows that books make you millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have his own ghostwriters before long. Um, so the other thing we like to do is give our movies a rating in the in the style of giving a date in which we would watch this movie. And the closer it falls to Christmas, the more like deserving and mm-hmm. magical that this movie is. And so like, you know, if it's that Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the classics. It's right. gonna it's gonna stand the I test would say of Christmas time. Christmas Eve is like the prime spot oh, for yeah. like, the best. I would agree. Christmas movies. And and a close second actually might be the, somewhere around Thanksgiving. Mm, like that Thanksgiving. Where it's like Day, I'm ready to yeah. like like let's kick off this yeah. season. So in that sense, I would watch this movie on December second at two in the morning as it plays automatically from my Netflix queue <laughs> um, while I'm asleep because I do think Kelly Pickler's robotic voice would continue to lull me to sleep. There's not much exciting here. It wouldn't wake me up. 
Um, but maybe I would experience it by osmosis. <laughs> For me, this would be a movie, like, it, I think this aired, what, November 10th. That's a great date for it. <laughs> November 10th. I think that's a perfect day for this. It's not Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas. But it would have to be, like, on captions and no actual audio because I don't want to hear her voice. Mm -hmm. So it would be like, friends are over, you've muted the TV, the captions are on, and the movie's playing on November 10th. So really, the perfect time for this is when it actually aired, which is early November, so that it's... That's its premiere, and then it's playing in syndication. Like, it's yeah. reruns all, like, on Tuesday after Dukes yeah. throughout the perfect. Christmas season. You found the perfect time slot <laughs> for this, Hallmark. 24 hours of Christmas movie content. <laughs> There's got to be things that play at the awkward times. Well, that wraps up our review of The Mistletoe Secret. We will be back at you later with more of these movies as we work our way through the full Hallmark catalog this season. It's like 24 movies or something like that. We're a few behind, but we're going to catch up. (laughs) So we will see you later. And I've been Tara. I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. (laughs) 